The Real Food Reel is proudly sponsored by Melrose Health. Founded in 1979, Melrose Health has been delivering improved health over three decades by developing natural, delicious and innovative health foods from the best natural and organic ingredients. Their healthy kitchen oils range has just launched and includes my favourites, liquid coconut oil, grass-fed ghee and avocado oil. Visit melrosehealth.com.au or check out at Melrose Health on Instagram to learn more. Welcome to The Real Food Real. I'm Steph Lowe, the natural nutritionist. We're shaking things up on the podcast and each week I am joined by our cast of experts, including Kirsty Worth, Phil Maffetone, Kale Brock, Ali McLean, Katie Pettuccini, and so many more leaders in the fields of real food, gut health, sports performance, holistic wellness, and optimizing your health, metabolism, and longevity. While you're tuning into today's episode, would you take a screenshot of your smartphone and share it on social media with the hashtag RealFoodReal? I'd absolutely love to know that you're tuning in. And while you're there, why not share this episode with a friend who also needs to hear our information goldmines and aha moments. Sharing the show means we can continue our mission of simplifying nutrition and showing the world that health starts with what you choose to put on your plate. Without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode of The Real Food Real. In episode 203 of The Real Food Real, we are joined by Kale Brock to discuss his latest project, Mandy Microbes Big Gut Adventure. In today's episode, you will learn how to teach children about the importance of their food choices, how food can influence their mood and behavior, and the fundamentals of gut health. We hope you find this inspiring and that it starts a conversation that you can continue at home, in schools, and beyond. Hi, Kale, and welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me on again, Steph. And uh, here's my public apology for missing a couple of recordings. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll catch up and nobody will know. <laughs> <laughs> now they do. <laughs> yeah, now they do. You've dubbed yourself in. But I always love when we chat because I can always hear so much like nature and birds in the background. It's so beautiful where you live. I just love it. Yeah, it's funny. I actually had to go because I had to do a little sound test before and um, I actually had to go and shut the door because the kookaburras and the cockies and the rest of the bird kingdom um, are all sort of making a home right here on my balcony. So that's always nice for the emotions, but it's not great for the sound quality all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Look, we just go with the flow. I listened um, to our last episode. Do you remember when you were at my house and I was having that coughing fit? I just listened to the episode again when it went live a few weeks ago and gosh, I was just chuckling away to myself as I replayed that moment. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's always funny when that happens. Like there's just moments where it's funny. You're probably the same. When you work alone at home, you realise halfway through a conversation that's being recorded that, oh, my voice isn't ready <laughs> to speak today. <laughs> and, yes. then you just, and you're just like, oh, okay, this is going to, this is going to take a little while. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's all authentic uh, here on the show. So we're going to roll with it. I'm very excited to 
have you back and really to talk about an exciting new project you're working on. So some of our listeners might have seen little sneak peeks online, but I'd love for you to dive in and tell us what you've been working on. Yeah, so I've been working on a lot in between sort of revising the gut movie and doing a little bit of final edit on that before we go international and organising my next film and all that sort of stuff. I've also been sitting at home sort of chipping away at a little project, a passion project called um, (laughs) Mandy Microbes Big Gut Adventure, which is a kid's gut health book because I was always getting requests from mums, a lot of mums, some dads, but mostly mums at my screenings and stuff saying, hey, can you write a kid's book and can you do this and do that um, for kids? And I always thought my content was probably not appropriate for kids. It's too deep it's it's scientific it's um you know maybe a little bit push it pushes the boundaries sometimes and i thought how can i sort of actually hit this problem this market of of kids with essentially when you look at the statistics australian children are not that healthy anymore and that's that was always concerning to me but i didn't know how to approach it and that's when i sort of looked at my philosophies in my childhood and what had the biggest impact on me and that was stories um you know i used to read harry potter i think i read the harry potter series about 10 times i read the red wall series probably five or six times i read wilbur smith the same um lord of the rings and then films and you know it was always a story that had a huge impact on me and i thought if i could sort of use that as a medium on which to sort of deliver some important lessons and principles, timeless principles about the gut microbiome that would sort of be an appropriate way to get the message across to kids and their parents as well. I've sort of shown the story to a couple of adults and it's according to them, I'm not just sort of saying this, according to them, it's a bit of a page turner. It's it's, uh, a story and we basically follow along a little microbe called Mandy and she's this cute little yellow microbe that we've drawn up and she undergoes the, the gastrointestinal system, the part of it that she's living in undergoes a bit of a change when her host is exposed to or chooses to consume some different foods and then things are sort of turned upside down and she has to go and find the rest of her tribe which happen to be probiotic bacteria and she takes a bit of a journey down the digestive system and then we get to the ending and I don't want to ruin it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Don't give it all away. (laughs) Yeah. As I think you probably already learnt um, along the way, I think such an important topic and one I definitely did not read when I was six, three to 10, which is obviously um, the main sort of age group that you're looking at from an independent reading point of view, but amazing that parents can read to any age child and really set the scene because you know the foundations are definitely there but I love the way that you go through the the impact of food because I'm sure that a lot of us don't think about that let alone children when they're at um, places like a birthday party when obviously we can all imagine or visualize what's usually on option from a food point of view at birthday parties yeah yeah and if you think about trying to get through to kids when it comes to health. I mean, I've got a sister who's gone through this. She's only 13 now. So I've seen her go through this over the past seven or eight years whilst I've been in the industry. And there was just 
she had so much information at hand. However, she just didn't find it relevant to her. She either couldn't comprehend it or just thought, you know, this is boring. But with Mandy and the story, what it does is it, it gives kids someone to look after. It gives them a clear, tangible consequence of their dietary choices. So it sort of empowers them to say, well, hey, I can choose this food or I can choose that food, but I actually have someone to look after within myself, these, these gastrointestinal bacteria or Mandy. Um, so it actually sort of gives them more of a tangible response and character and I suppose more of a um, perceived relationship between their dietary choices and uh, what's going on in their body. So that was sort of the goal with it and I think we've managed to achieve that with the establishment of the characters and the traditional story arc and sort of uh, following that journey. Um, I'm hoping that we're able to develop a strong, caring relationship between kitties and their gut bacteria. Yeah, beautiful. I think you're right. Giving, you know, giving Mandy a real sort of character and bringing her to life allows the, uh, children to think about things a little bit differently without it being, you know, too scientific as you use the example with your younger sister. But also, yeah, I think getting them to think about the choices that they make because we all know kids are going to eat sugar at birthday parties, yeah, or the majority anyway. Um but I guess just giving them a little bit of a different angle to think about things from and, you know, hopefully it'll control how much they consume. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Um, I mean, kids are going to be kids. That's <laughs> always going to be the case. And there's not going to be a day where I'm assuming there's not going to be a day where we completely phase out junk food altogether. And I suppose that's not what we're trying to do as well. It's just giving them more of an idea on what their dietary choices do and an impact when it comes to their health and well-being because it's almost when you – when my sister was growing up, we were sort of getting into health quite a bit and she would go to school with certain foods and she would come home with different foods that came from other people's lunchboxes. You know, so kind of there's always going to be holes in this parenting system when it comes to kids and their diets. So, again, as if we can empower them, kids aren't stupid. Kids are actually really smart. And if we can empower them to make good choices when it comes to health and well-being and, and diet and they're more interested in growing their own veggies, for instance, and then eating those vegetables because they know they've got a population of bugs to look after and those bugs thrive off, you know, lots of fresh vegetables and fruit and, you know, a clean sort of diet, then I think we're going to move in the right direction. And again, it's going to take time and things obviously need to change. When you look at the health statistics here in Australia, we've got <clears throat> something like, um, 20% of kids either experiencing or expected to experience mental health challenges, 25%, so one in four are actually overweight or obese and 5% have allergies. Um, and, then, and then I suppose you don't, that doesn't even really go into behavioural issues in school which are either undiagnosed or not recognised. And it's, it's a bit of a sad situation. I'm, I mean, over the next couple of weeks, maybe a month, we're going to produce a little mini documentary on this just to lead into Mandy. But 
I don't know why this is happening beyond just, I mean, we saw processed foods come into the equation quite a long time ago. Mm. So I don't know why these statistics are so high now. Um, And that's kind of what I think we need to look at. But regardless, we need to at least give kids a very strong foundation on which to work from because when the diet's right, the mental health is going to be much better. The application in school is going to be much better. The sporting performance is going to be much better. And all those different factors might just end up with uh, a much better result in some other areas of health. So that's kind of where we're going. It's almost like dropping a a pebble in, in the ocean, but you hope that, you know, the waves created from that are emphatic and important enough to actually incite a widespread change when it comes to these sort of statistics because and it's not just kids that we're affecting here it's parents too i'm sure you've dealt with parents and i've spoken with many parents who are just burning the candle at both ends because they've got a sick child and i just think if we can prevent this from happening or even reverse it that would be just the ideal situation because the kids are our future we need to look after them and that's sort of that's the whole reason why I've I've done the book. Yeah, I can see why you're so passionate about this topic. I think you know again it's giving them a little bit more education and yes it might be a little bit cartoon like and you know giving these characters names but I think it's so important at that young age to be able to think about how food choices make you feel like I speak to adults every day who don't think about how food makes them feel or they've never connected the dots with consuming X and feeling like Y like one really simple example I ask at all of my corporate seminars is I ask the audience to raise their hand if they experience 3.30-itis and I explain what that is, it's the, obviously the sugar cravings or the need for more coffee or a nap under your desk at that 3.30 or 4 p.m. And every single person in the room puts their hands up, but they're all shocked to realize it's due to their previous food choices, like the refined carbohydrates that they've been relying on for the earlier part of the day. You know, we just aren't taught to connect those dots dots, not to mention mental health. I mean, that's only, that conversation's only in its infantry in relation to the whole food space. And um, yeah, I think if children are, you know, taught to think about how they could feel in a mood sense or how it can help them feel happier or whatever the language might be used to the individual, I think that is so powerful. Think about what different and more improved place they will be in when they're older versus some of the adult or the majority of the adults in the west today like that's huge it's it's totally massive and emma my girlfriend is a uh, teacher and a nutritionist and dietitian so she's sort of across these two boards and i've sort of been consulting with her on this and sort of asking her what she thinks the best thing to do is and again it i think her troubles are that it doesn't it's very Mm, I'm trying to say it nicely, but it's it's difficult for it to be implemented into the curriculum on a generic enough scale so that it applies to everybody because we know nutrition is so individual and, and unique, but there are very important frameworks with which we need to fit in. And when the canteen is selling food in complete... Um, 
disparity to what is actually recommended in the sort of new age health programs in schools, you sort of find that, oh, well, we teach this stuff, but we won't implement this stuff. So that means all of a sudden that it's not important. Um, So if we can sort of move past that with more of an understanding, like you said, of, for instance, going to school with balanced blood sugar instead of having those extremely high carbohydrate breakfasts and throwing out the blood sugar first thing in the morning and then essentially going on that roller coaster for the rest of the day. If we could just curb that, imagine the, the, the impact and not just from a productivity perspective and from a teacher's mental health perspective, but also from the, uh, the children as well. And if those habits stick early, you'll find definitely that they'll persist, hopefully throughout high school and then hopefully through um, a, work, a good solid working life. And those little changes that we make when we're young, and you would know this and I know this, I've got habits that have stuck around since I was five or six years old. Um, when we implement those in an effective way now uh, at a young age, I think the the benefits are actually um, sevenfold. They can be sevenfold. They can be tenfold. They can exponentially grow down the line as we age. So that's why I think it's really important to actually empower kids to be able to do this. We can, you know, I've been working on the parents for the last eight years and the statistics are still, obviously I'm not having as big an impact as, as I want. So I want to actually go to the kids now and empower Mm. the kids because I see it when, when you trust kids and when you empower them to actually make decisions, a lot of the time they make the right decision. Sometimes they make the wrong decision, but then they learn very quickly And if we can encourage them to make those connections between what they're eating, how they're feeling, which is realistically the most important driver for kids at that age is how do I feel? Uh, If we can connect those two dots, then we're going to see some vast improvements in dietary choices. And we've seen, you know, a big push for garden movements and, and growing your own food in schools and stuff, which is absolutely fantastic if we can take it a step further and start to incorporate the microbiome, for instance, and our gut bacteria, Mandy and Lacto and the candies and all these different characters, um, and if we can turn that into comprehensive lessons on uh, what the gut is doing nice and early on, then I think we're going to move into a stage where uh, nutrition and PE and gut health are all sort of become fundamental parts of the school curriculum and they're going to have to be because so many people our age and older do not understand the gut microbiome. And if we can understand the fundamentals, then I think we're going to be operating from a much more informed position as opposed to shooting in the dark and just sort of blindly fumbling our way through dietary choices and health choices for the rest of our life. Yeah, I agree. And I think also it'll probably end up working in reverse. You know, we saw that quite a lot when that sugar film hit schools. It was a conversation they were really driving in schools. And then the children were having that discussion with their parents, which I think is amazing because, yeah, they're the ones that can reverse engineer it essentially. And, um, I don't think it'll be dissimilar with Mandy because it's so approachable for them. And 
you know, for a lot of adults, gut health is definitely outside of what they're ready for. You would know this firsthand, you know, you don't always start with gut health and talking about bone broth and things like this. It's, you know, you want to set the foundations and um, people are busy and they often don't have time to keep adding on. And I think, yeah, if children can raise that conversation and we'll obviously get Mandy into schools and that's going to be so powerful. I love that. Yeah. And I mean, obviously the goal, well, it's it's just a book at this stage, but as I was chatting with you before we started recording, the goal, as with everything that I do, is to turn it into some sort of film and some sort of visual storytelling uh, video. So hopefully we can achieve a bit of a widespread success with the book and then take all the proceeds from the book and put it straight into a a film or a series and hopefully get some government funding. It's just it's funny when you write a book for kids, it's almost more intimidating than writing a book for adults because you're dealing with something that can be quite an, a sensitive area. But I love that, you know, Damon and, and the, the guys behind that sugar film have really set the groundwork for a space that's more open to these new ideas. For instance, the fact that sugar will disrupt your microbiome is almost universally accepted now, processed sugar. And if we can use that and anchor that to expand on the position and expand on the topic and then produce more resources and refine and add value, then that's going to really, um, like we've been saying, hopefully have a really big impact on, on what's going on. But it's, you know, it's a sort of, book and the sort of project that you almost just rely on word of mouth because the traditional advertising avenues and all that sort of goes out the window because you've just got to sit down and write a really good story and that's kind of been my last couple of months and you've been on the the receiving end of that I find it quite difficult to um, be left brain organized organized, scheduled, blah, 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 when I'm trying to get into that creative space and sit back and be objective about the projects that I'm working on and making sure that you're hitting all the right marks, whether it's looking at the overall story arc of Mandy and working out where, who's going to be the teacher in this thing, in the story, I mean, um, who's going to be the main character and what sort of arc is she going to go on? How is she going to change throughout the film? What understandings is she going to learn and how is that going to translate to an understanding from the reader or the viewer? Uh, it's such an intricate project and overall you have these overarching um, goals that you and checklists that you really want to tick off throughout the project and it's, again, just creating a bit of a, tangible relationship between the host us humans uh children and and their gut bacteria and realizing that they really do an important job and whether that sort of comes down to tangibly speaking whether it comes down to um mandy scheduling scheduling a a meeting with the immune system of her host and emphasizing the the gut immune relationship there or whether she's uh, sending communication up to build brain cell up in up in the sector B and sort of touching on the gut brain connection there and doing so in a way that is <laughs> entertaining and, and relatable is also important and then taking those more simple aspects of it well no um, from a certain perspective that they are simple but taking those more uh, 
I don't want to say childish, but almost those childlike connections and making sure that they fit in with the overarching goals of it, which is to instigate widespread change. Um, it's such a fun process and it's been actually been so enjoyable to, to get it underway. And, and every time I get an email from my illustrator, which is my sister-in-law's mum over in South Africa, she's a professional illustrator. Whenever I get an email from her, I always get a little bit excited to see the pictures and see these characters come to life because it's, I've never been so removed from the visual element of a story. You know, I just wrote it and, and pretty much gave it to her and said, hey, this is what we want to do. These are the goals. Um, eventually, we want to turn it into a, into a web series or a, uh, a film or whatever. And then getting those pictures back, you just see when you bring in the right people and you hit the right marks with the story and you use the right colours, it over, overall it ends up being hopefully, you know, a comprehensive, entertaining and, and quite an engaging story. So once you, once you give it a read, I only sent it to you this morning. <laughs> once you give it a read, you'll, you'll be able to let us know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I sure will. Um, I, I think you're doing wonderful things. I wanted to also ask you about, and you've probably mentioned some of them throughout, but just about some of the favorite lessons that you'd like to teach, whether it's parents you know, things like the sugar conversation or is it fiber or you could go from the angle of children, like some of the lessons that you think are really important from a foundational point of view. I think in the health space right now, there's a big issue with people trying to overanalyze their way back to health. Mm -hmm. They're trying to hack their way back to health. And you would see this, people are always after hacks. They want the next hack, whether it's fasting or whether it's um, bulletproof coffee or whether it's being keto or blah, 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 blah. All these things are, are beneficial in their own way, but you can never hack your way to health. This is what people are missing. You have to inherently be healthy. You have to live a healthy lifestyle and value health in order to be healthy. And it starts with your decisions and your mindset and then it flows into your actions and the choices you make when it comes to diet and supplements and what you avoid and what you choose to do on a daily basis when it comes to your work and how you feel fulfilled and your family and all these different things. So bringing that back to the story, I find that if I had gone into it and said, oh, well, I'm going to try and teach kids that lactobacillus bacteria is the most important bacteria. You know, that could be undone in the next 10 years. We're still learning about the microbiome. So it's really focusing on those timeless principles of gut health, such as in environment is key. Environment will determine a healthy microbiome far more than the type of probiotics you take. If you're taking the best probiotics in the world and you're eating a shitty diet, you're going to have a crap microbiome. So emphasizing those fundamentals, those timeless principles such as that are always going to be for me most important, not just for kids, but also for adults because we still don't get it. We're still, and it's hard because I'm part of this whole problem. I've been on the podcast and I've talked about the hacks and people want the hacks so you deliver them. But at the end of the day, I, I almost feel like in every video, in every article, I want to be like, yo, relax, just relax and make sure you're happy. Make sure you're living a life that's in alignment with your highest values and then worry about your breakfast. 
you know, because you can be eating the perfect diet, but if you're living a life that's out of alignment with your values, you're always going to be, to an extent, unhappy. It's an issue. So that's sort of where I'm going, I suppose, personally, and and it's being reflected in my work, which is always going to be the case. I'm never going to just uh, produce content for content's sake. I always want to want it to be a reflection of where I'm at and the lessons I'm learning constantly. Um, and that's been one. It's that you have to have a long-term, and this, this is reflected in the book, you have to have a long-term approach to health. You have to understand that environment is key. Your long-term diet and lifestyle are the most important factors when it comes to establishing a healthy body and subsequently a healthy mind. And what you do every day, the choices you make every day sort of give you momentum and empower you to take back control of your life. And when we feel like we're in control of the controllable factors of our life, like how we spend our time, what we spend our money on, uh, the people we hang around with, then we're overall... I keep saying overall today, we're in a much happier space. We're in a much happier and healthier space. And again, that's reflected in the book with not so explicit wording and much more of a subsequent understanding and subsequent lessons from the story. But I think they should be comprehensive enough so that kids can really pick them up so that if they do go to the birthday party and everybody's eating some lollies or some soft drink and things like that, they don't feel the pressure to say no. They feel comfortable with saying no. And because they've got this wonderful um, body of or organism living inside of them called the microbiome or just called Mandy Microbe, if that's how simple you want to go with it, you know, they're going to maybe picture Mandy and Lacto and they want those guys to be happy so they're comfortable with saying no and they might even encourage their friends to say no. Who knows uh, where it goes? But I just want kids and parents to be happy and because when people are happy, they tend to live longer, they tend to experience better health and um, it also works in, a, in the opposite relationship. When you're healthy, it's much easier to be happy. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm going at the moment is trying to relax my way into health and not be so hacky and be much more intuitive um, with my decisions around what I do. And, of course, I've, I've established my dietary habits and things like that and I don't change them too drastically uh, and they're pretty much in alignment with yours. So uh, people sort of know what they look like. Um, but, yeah, I think when it comes to gut health, those fundamental principles are the long-term environment is what's most important in establishing a healthy microbiome. You can be 100% perfect for 12 weeks and that, that's great. You can do that. But I'd sooner you be 80% perfect for the rest of your life. Could not agree more. And I think especially when you're talking to children, like, again, you're not going to get them to not eat sugar at a birthday party. Yeah. <laughs> that's just not yeah. going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Have, yeah. Day, have a lot of have a strong microbiome to be able to deal with that and they mm -hmm. can if they focus on the the long-term approach mm. yeah so cool very exciting um is there anything else you wanted to add there about gut health or mandy or anything else that you wanted to share with parents or children alike 
No, I think that, I mean, if we can dedicate a big part of our health and wellbeing practice to getting those fundamentals right, mm-hmm. I think it's just going to make it a lot easier for people because at the moment people are feeling a lot, uh, very overwhelmed with the health industry and I feel that way. I feel a little bit disillusioned with it sometimes. I get a little bit frustrated with people getting hacky and, and saying this and that and even though they might be saying something factual and, and true, I just think that we need to focus on those those main principles and relax into it. So that's probably what I would emphasize most is that if you can make some big choices, like maybe it's growing your own fruit and vegetables um, and maybe it's committing to having three to four serves of those and even better five to six serves of those vegetables and fruits per day for you and your kids, then you're going to find that you have an exponential sort of growth when it comes to the impact on on your health and well-being. So, yeah, I would just re-emphasize that those fundamental principles are what I think we should focus on um, because they just allow us to move into an intuitive place of making decisions because no one knows your body as well as you do and you've got trillions of little inner nutritionists inside of you calling out for different foods at different times. And if you get in tune with that and you can listen to them, then you'll make the best choices ever. Yeah. Amazing. So good. I can't wait to meet Mandy and I will encourage everyone to check out more via the links in the show notes. Obviously um, at the moment you're looking to release Mandy to the world in December. So we're not far away now. So yeah, stay tuned guys. And um, thanks so much, Kyle. It's always so great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me on again. No problems. We'll talk to you again soon. See you guys. Thank you so much for listening, team. Make sure you dive into the show notes over at thenaturalnutritionist.com.au forward slash podcast. Now, before you go, can I ask you a favor? I'd be so grateful if you would leave me a five-star review on iTunes. I personally read every review and comment and love hearing your aha moments and takeaways from each episode. Together, we can continue to spread the real food love. See you next time on The Real Food Real. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.